Kirsten Innes reading Horror Story, her new piece of work on the theme of elsewhere, commissioned by Edinburgh International Book Festival. Horror Story. The hotel felt like a place where bad things had happened, she'd decided. Something chilling about the uniformity of its two long Soviet functional corridors, their flickering lights. She'd pulled the shower curtain back sharply on the bath in the first room they were assigned, having seen vague dark shapes piled behind the damp spotted opaque. Bodies, she'd thought. Severed limbs, maybe. It is only moss, her roommate had said, bending over and poking the dirty khaki growth covering half of the enamel. It was the first time she'd spoken, although they'd come up in the elevator from the foyer together. Claire hadn't actually realised she could speak English. They'd stood together in the bathroom's damp air, eyeing each other. Vasvija's head was shaved close all over, dark fuzz prickling out. All week she'd worn the same green velour tracksuit top, its deep piles sticking out from her skin at the same angle as her hair, like a wolf on the defensive. She kept a sharp, feral smell zipped into it. Underneath, Claire had seen her out of it twice now and they'd been sharing a room for four days. She wore the free t-shirt handed out by the conference organisers, a t-shirt they designed for men in clashing colours. That big, ugly logo screened cheaply over her wide, flat chest. Her eyes were massive, startlingly pale in her head too, and there was something strange clouding them impossible that they were the same age. She just didn't look like people Claire knew at home. Well, we'll need to ask for another room, Claire had said in the bathroom on the first day. We can't wash in that, it's not hygienic. Vaspija had grunted, picked her freed boy's backpack up off the bed she'd marked as hers and plodded out into the corridor. The curtains were drawn in the second room, which seemed to be fizzing with static as the light went on. The manager flicked his head at the window and said something fast. Goran translated, anxiously. He says there is, there will be much noise. There will be men working outside because you are female. You will need to keep the curtains closed. Building site said Vasvija. There is a building site. All three of them looked at Claire. Okay. She tried to smile at the manager, put her thumbs up. He just wheeled off back towards the lifts. Goran looked even more worried. You will be at lunch in an hour. He ran after the manager. The door slammed, shutting Claire and Vasvija in together. The hair on Claire's arms prickled. I just felt that we couldn't wash in there, she said. In my country, it's okay to complain if you don't like the room. Sorry. I'm sorry. Vespita flopped down on the bed. Okay, she said, and put her thumbs up before turning her back and curling herself into the wall. They'd been welcomed on stage with bagpipes that night at the launch. Apparently it was a Serbian instrument too. That familiar wheeze and drone the pitch and then it tipped into something twisting and eastern. Music to charm snakes too. On the ceiling of the hotel's shabby function room a huge chandelier began to pick up the wine, each overly ornate arrangement of crystals shaking. Well, I've uh, never heard bagpipes played like that. 
Dr Mackenzie muttered to Dr Wood and they chuckled together, rich, meaty man's chuckles. Goran stepped up to the microphone, his fat smile back in place again. And visiting all the way from Scotland, he'd said. Then something in Serbian. Dr Mackenzie, Dr Wood and Claire had turned their heads one at a time at the words that sounded most like their names and made their way to the stage to smile and wave. Goran had said something else and the pack of young Serbs who seemed to make up the majority of the conference had laughed, clutched each other. The delegates from Slovenia, Croatia, Macedonia, Serbia were almost all her own age, she'd noticed, roughly under 30. Claire had only been asked to two conferences before, but she still knew this was unusual. It was like a whole generation of academics had just vanished. Dr Wood and Dr Mackenzie were the oldest delegates there, apart from a big, silent Serb, Dr Malkiewicz whose hair hung greasily over his face, skin grey and covered in cold sweat. He was the only delegate not to have provided an English translation of his work. His name actually was Igor, too. She could imagine herself telling Jamie back on their sofa, and they'd laugh about it together. The nightmares hadn't started until the second night, but they were the worst sort, so realistic she wasn't sure they weren't true. Sometimes it was the corridors, but more usually she was in the room itself and there was another presence there, something animal, something lurking in the corners, shuddering, whimpering to itself to lure her in. She'd always wake up just before it pounced, sweating in the man-made fibres of sheets she was pretty sure hadn't been changed since they'd arrived, to hear Vasvija breathing jaggedly, darkness pooling in the corners. In the mornings, the threatening ape cries of the builders outside woke her long before Vestige's alarm clock. She wasn't getting much sleep. It's spooky, this hotel, isn't it? She'd said to Dr Wood after she'd sat with him at breakfast one morning and he'd nodded down at her. Typical of the Yugoslav Soviet style, 1960s. He reached across her for the coffee pot. You know, of course, that it was the Serbs who came up with the idea of the vampire. She shook her head and he looked pleased with himself, warmed to his theme, her lecturer again. Oh yes, vampire, the bloodless being, invisible. Four days in and their room was heavy with the smell of Vasvija. Claire suspected she had her period because of that metallic, iron-rich undernote. The curtains stayed closed and no fresh air was getting in. Humidity levels were at an all-time high for the area, apparently. Claire could feel her clothes wilting. Vasvija didn't even seem to wash, really. Claire had bought litre bottles of mineral water from the kiosk in the main square on her one trip out of the hotel, lined them up along the bath after she'd turned on the tap in the second bedroom, after the pipes had growled and coughed up viscous yellow liquid and she'd choked on its sulphur stink, after Goran had assured her that the water was just like that in this town, it was perfectly safe to bathe in, they couldn't move rooms again, and Vasvija had begun to avoid her eyes as they moved around the cramped space between their beds. I just don't think it's reasonable to ask us to live like this, she tried to say. I mean, it's practically third world, my God. The rest of the town, the rest of the country isn't like this, surely. Vasvija's face was suddenly turned to hers, the space between them gone in a jump cut, as though her roommate had moved at superhuman speed. Her words hissed through tiny, pointed cat's teeth, 
Please, can you stop complaining? Please. Those huge eyes. Vasvidya was from Bosnia. She hadn't volunteered that information herself. Dr. Wood had mentioned it to Dr. Mackenzie while Claire walked beside them to the conference room. It's a huge gesture, of course, for them to invite that Bosnian girl here. What's her name? Vasvidya Serich. And for her to come, Dr. Mackenzie had agreed. Extraordinary. Claire waited, but neither of them turned to her and said, And of course you're sharing a room with her, aren't you? Bosnia. She knew something had happened there, but it just meant half-watched news reports from her teenage years, really. Footage of refugee camps, girls with pale eyes and headscarves, a charity album they'd all bought at school because Damon from Blur was on it. That weird heat still hung in the air, even though the sun had gone down, clothes shucking sweatily to bags. The delegates sat under awnings outside a bar in the main square, noisy from the pleasure of being out of the hotel. The pack of young men snapping at each other's heels, joking in the foreign spikes and lilts of their language. Goran was in the centre, crowing like a cockerel as his acolytes applauded and thumped him on the back. The big, frightening Serb, Igor, just sat apart from everyone, staring over with a bottle of something strong-smelling. There were no other women there. Claire had tried to extend an invitation to Vasvija when she'd gone to the room to pick up her jacket. It was the first time they'd spoken in two days. I do not want to drink in a bar with Serbian men, Vasvija had said, pulling the covers over her head. Claire was buying her own drinks. Beer, although she didn't usually. It was just easier to go up to the bar, point at the tap and hold a single finger up. It sat heavily in her belly and she kept turning her head away from the stilted conversation she was involved in to expel the gas behind her hand. She hoped it would just look like she was yawning. She'd come along to the bar because there'd been nothing else to do, because it wasn't the hotel, because she'd loosely thought about flirting with one of the men for a little pleasure for that small, sexy glow. Perhaps even a kiss to take with her under the blankets when she eventually had to go back to that room. None of them had paid her any attention, though. We are mostly engaged in translation, Miho, the clever-faced Croatian, was saying. When we are not teaching students or writing our own books, my wife and I are running a publishing company translating works of American and English literature. Claire nodded, tried to swallow another burp. Your English is very good, she said. He looked at her for a second. There was something familiar about his eyes. Yes, he said. Not thank you, she thought. How funny. One of the Serbs knocked his chair over as the mass of voices got louder and suddenly English rising over the top. We should ask the British woman, hey? The smirking boys pushed in around her table. Hey, hey, Claire. In England, when you are telling a man he is a pussy, this is a very great insult. He was quite good looking, the one who'd asked. Wouldn't know me, she said, twinkling at him. I'm Scottish, not English. There is a difference, he said, returning the twinkle, teasing her. She went for the laugh, feeling the alcohol move slack in her. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a bit like telling a Serb he's Croatian. Around her, eyes widened. Goran stood there looking like he'd forgotten his smile was still on. I don't think you mean that, 
Miho said quietly. This guy, Goran shouted, pushing through shoulders to the table. I love this guy. He seized Miho in a sideways on hug and kissed his cheek. Miho looked politely at the table. Some of the boys around him made a whoa noise. Igor, the big Serb, stared over at them, pushed his chair very forcefully back and walked off down the street, leaving a sour-sounding whistle in his wake. I'm sorry, she said to Miho. I'm, I'm sorry. Evidently, I said something inappropriate. I think perhaps you don't understand very much about the history of these countries, Claire. Well, she could only be honest. No, no, I, I don't. I mean, I do know it's a good thing that you're all here, that, that you came, that my roommate Vasvija came from Bosnia. He smiled a bit there, relaxed again. It is an important thing for us to be friends of this generation. But it's an extraordinary uh, gesture, isn't it? Your countries were all enemies. Is it not just as extraordinary then that a Serbian invites British people to his conference? Claire didn't get it. I'm Scottish, though, she said. That smile again, under the faint black fuzz of what might have been a moustache. Scottish pilots can still fly bomber planes, he said. I'd better go, she'd said at the floor, had practically run down the hot, dark street with her cheeks flushed. Goran had called her name anxiously, had hurried down after her. She'd been touched. Really, I'm just tired. I know where I'm going. Have a good night. She walked for a while, quickly, conscious of the sweat prickling her, of the air tightening in around her. It's not my fault, she should have said. I didn't know. That's why I'm here to learn. She could go back and say to the table, cut over the drunken shouts. She didn't, though. The building in front of her had been painted pink once, probably about 10, 15 years ago, but it badly needed a new coat. An old, bald politician stared crisply, sternly from a poster painted on the wall, surrounded by the symbols of the Cyrillic alphabet a scratched red anarchist A carved in his forehead. In fact, the poster seemed to be the only thing holding the wall up. It wasn't just the paint. The bricks and stones of these buildings seemed to be peeling away under the air, flaking off, drifting down into piles of masonry dust in the gutters. Around her, the town waited, silent, pending something. It was coming. She could smell it. Claire began to run in what she thought was the right direction. The streets were empty, all the shop signs in Cyrillic, that strange code she couldn't ever hope to crack, only the odd word breaking through. Auto, salon, teenager, disco. Somewhere behind her, a low growl echoed off the pavement. Her muscles prepared for flight. A flash of light and the hard shock of something on her skin. Rain, lightning, a storm. The hotel foyer was completely abandoned, no one at the desk, two lights out and a third flickering ominously. The space felt charged, primed, full of electricity, and Claire thought of the static crackling curtains in her room. Her finger had been hovering automatically at the elevator call button, but she ran for the staircase. 
brain noise battered the building, its tempo changing as she reached the first floor. It sounded wetter, nearer, as though it was coming from inside the hotel. From inside the conference room, actually. Claire pushed open its heavy door and saw through the gloom water leaking, cascading down the fittings of the chandelier. And all the lights were flickering. Flash. This whole building could turn lightning conductor, she realised, every plug socket loose and ripe for potential treachery, charred flesh sticking to the melted nylon fur of the blankets. In the hallway by the dining room, she could see motion, hear moaning. She approached almost without wanting to. Igor, the big Serbian, stretched out in one of the leather-covered massage chairs left for guest use, mechanical hands groping his writhing muscles. His eyes were closed, his mouth almost obscenely open. Igor! Igor! Dr Malkovich! You should get out of the chair. I don't think the hotel's safe, the electricity. As the lightning flashed again, his eyes snapped open. He tried to stand and move towards her, groaning, but his arms and legs were clamped by the machine and she took her opportunity to run, taking the stairs two, three at a time until she reached her floor, where all the lights were already out. She struggled with the key in the lock of her room for agonising seconds before she broke in, could slam it behind her. The television was on, and the room lit strangely. She felt static more than ever before, and it took her a while to realise that it was coming from the window, but the curtains were open. And there was that noise, the raw whimpering of her nightmares from the chair in the window. Fast vision? Nothing, just the noise. Fast vision, I think we ought to switch the television off. There's a leak in the building, the, the storm. Fast vision whipped round in the chair as the lightning flashed again, illuminating her face, her eyes red. Oh God, thought Claire, this is it, this is it. That thing was Vasvija. It had always been Vasvija. You're back, her roommate said, her voice thick, blank, full of snot. How did you like the bar? She blew her nose. Vasvija was crying. She was sitting in the chair watching the storm, crying, curled up and tiny. Claire's heartbeat began to slow a little. Um, are you okay? Is it the thunder? Fuck the thunder, Vasvija said quietly. Sorry? Fuck the thunder. My, my friend, my lover, she no longer wants to be together with me. She tells me this by SMS message this evening. The whole time I am in Serbia, she does not want to answer my calls. And then just she sends this fucking SMS message. This is all I am getting. We are together three years, and this is all I am getting. She looked into Claire's face then, and she laughed. A simple, bitter human laugh. A laugh that said, shit happens. Claire... You are looking as terrible as me. What has happened to you tonight? Claire thought about home, about watching the telly on the sofa with Jamie, about eating pizza. Her easy, easy life, 
doing well at school, slipping straight from undergraduate to postgraduate at the same university, saving up for the wedding, not suffering, not at all. I, I just don't like thunderstorms, she said, finally. Vasvija did that laugh again, but it wasn't unkind. But you are from Scotland, she said. You have a lot of storms, no? Claire exhaled, staggered to the bed, sat down. Not like this, she said. Nothing like this. More podcasts, videos and live recordings of author events can be found at www.edbookfest.co.uk.